Oh, man. It is a Wednesday. I'm Ben Kenny. I'm in for Bill Michaels today. He is Grant Bills. The Milwaukee Brewers showed all of their fans that they do not care about winning. The trade deadline was an abject failure. Grant, how are you doing? That is correct. 100%. You nailed it. Uh, I'm fine, I guess, given everything that's going on with my Brewers. Um, I'm good. Yeah, a little depressed about my team, but good. 877-867-1670. Throwing it out right now. Today is a reaction day. We want to hear from you. How do you feel as a fan of this baseball team? A baseball team that went into the deadline hot after the uh, after the all-star break. They were rounding into form. They're getting healthier. But as we have talked about for weeks and months, they were still a baseball team and are still a baseball team with pretty significant holes. Center field is not locked down by any means. Second base has been a struggle. Hitting against left-handers has been a struggle. Overall, the lineup and the offense is fine. They lack depth. They lack maybe big pop off the bench where you need it. Not to mention the fact that they go into the deadline and no, they don't make a big move in the starting rotation. They don't go out and try to create the best pitching staff in baseball and go into the playoffs where they can have four to five frontline starters against whoever they will face in that series. No grant bills. They went into the deadline and I think I can make the argument sitting today that a first place baseball team, what's their record right now? 57 and 45 or whatever. I can make the argument that they were sellers. Yeah. And any Brewers fan that tries to tell you, well, they're, they're actually better. They lost Hater, but they got this, this, this. No, 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 no. And you mentioned the winners of seven of nine coming out of the break. That's what makes this even worse, Ben, is for the whole first half. We've done enough shows together. We were kind of in limbo. You could buy, you could stamp pad, maybe sell a Pete. Like we weren't really sure how we felt, but then coming out of the break, oh, you whoop up on the the Rockies and you sweep the Twins and you go out to Boston and you win some games at Fenway and it feels fun and it's like, this is the team we've been waiting for. And it seems just as it's all coming together and the offense is healthy and Freddie Peralta's coming off the injured list, then they decide to sell. That's what makes this even worse is all of last week I was getting my hopes up. Here we go. Let's attack the trade deadline. And they just pull the rug out from under us. I have, I mean, one big question to start off today is we talked about the hater deal yesterday. We're now nearly 48 hours removed. My thought was, and we'll go into more specifically the guys they got, but my thought is, I mean, why do you do that? Why do you send the message to the clubhouse now that you want to trade someone of that ilk instead of doing it even in the off season when you could still have time going into a year? So the big question with the hater thing now, 48 hours in the past, and I would argue that the answer is yes to this, did their lack of moves yesterday or lack of significant moves make the hater deal even worse? Like oh. if, if we sat here in a scenario where they trade hater and they get back, whatever the reliever, Taylor Rogers, a pitcher that isn't very good. And then a couple prospects that, I mean, we'll see what they do in the world that they do that, but then still come back yesterday during the MLB mm-hmm. trade deadline and sure up their offensive depth make some sort of defensive move. Josh Bell's a big one. Make Mm -hmm. some sort of defensive move in center field. Maybe get some upgraded second base. If they come back and do that, I'm still confident in this team. But there's an overall message that gets sent to a clubhouse when not only do you not upgrade anywhere, but instead you take a guy that had been your ninth inning guy 
probably the best closer in baseball for years and trade him away. It's a message thing. So, I mean, you kind of answered it already, but did yesterday's lack of real movement and lack of impact moves from David Stearns and company make the hater situation even worse? I say yes. The last two days were miserable. The way everything timed out made it even worse. Like the week leading in said, you even go out to Fenway. We never play at Fenway, Ben. You know, you're an East Coast guy. Have you been to Fenway? I have. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It felt those games felt bigger. Those wins felt more important. So we're fired up. Right. And then they trade Hater a day before the deadline shocks us. But we have this 24 hour window where we're hoping that they're going to parlay those prospects into something. We think a move is still coming and we're being teased and and feels like we're, you know, we still have some hope. And then it was made even worse because the Padres still have enough ammo and we got to watch them go get Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Right. I, on my show yesterday, I compared it to watching the Packers lose in the playoffs, which hurts. And then you got to come back the next week and watch the team that beat the Packers, which makes it even worse than it was. That's what it felt like losing hater. And then watching the team that gets hater still have the ammo to go out and get the big prize of the deadline that it all sucked. Everything was bad, but the timing and the way everything happened made it even worse. So take me through that timing yesterday because you were on air as the deadline is passing, right? Yeah. I, I, so my show went on until 530. So from 5 to 5.30, I'm sitting here basically reacting to nothing. Yep. And I couldn't really plan my show yesterday because I didn't know what was going to happen. From 5 to 5.30, the phones were broken yesterday, so I couldn't take calls. I'm basically sitting here <laughs> telling my listeners. David Stearns' phones were probably bo- broken yeah, too at this point. Maybe that was the issue, yeah. I was sitting here telling my listeners, I don't know what to say. I've never felt like this before. I've felt angry, you know, when my team's losing the playoffs or they make a move I don't like. That's That's routine. This was different. This felt like my team flipping me the middle finger and their players flipping them the middle finger too. And I've never really experienced that before. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you and I hate to draw that. I'm going to draw this comparison more as we go on. I hate to draw it off the top, but the Philadelphia Phillies are not as good as the Milwaukee Brewers. The record says it, the consistency says it, and they didn't make any big significant moves. But when you look, they trade for Cindergaard, they trade for a defensive center fielder, and they trade for a bullpen arm. But I can sit here and confidently say today that that through the last three days, they have made moves to get better. They've at least tried. They've sent the message to the clubhouse that uh, as the GM, Dave Dombrowski, we are going to bring in guys that will help. And then now it's on you in the clubhouse to get it done. I kind of feel the opposite vibe in Milwaukee. And we'll get into what happened last night. 5-3 loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates. An irrational person could look at that and say, oh, 0-1 uh, without Hater. The Padres, meanwhile, are 2-0. and And <laughs> baseball just kicked the Brewers fans in the nuts last night with everything that yeah, happened there. We'll get into it. But, I, I mean, the me- it's, it's the message thing for me. And I'm not going to say that they had no energy in Pittsburgh yesterday because that would be unfair. Corbin Burns yeah. just gave up a couple runs. But in general, I don't get how you can invigorate a clubhouse by trading the star closer and not bringing in at least one big name next to it going forward. I've never seen Rocky, as we've talked about. <sighs> Which I've is a joke. Yeah, I've seen The Dark Knight where the Joker, I think the line is, it's not about money, it's about sending a message. The trade deadline <laughs> sometimes isn't about getting this amazing player. Sometimes it's getting a player to shake it up, to give the team a kick in the pants, to give them a vote of confidence, right? Like the Dodgers added Joey Gallo. 
they don't need Joey Gallo. Which he might not do anything, but uh, it's something. It's it's something. I kind of like that move. Of course. Of course, because you could see him going to L.A. and having a couple of huge hits down the stretch and in big moments, pinch hits. Maybe not. But if he doesn't, it doesn't really hurt him. I saw our guy Andrew Wagner on Twitter yesterday going at it with a couple people. Oh, so you want the Brewers to just make a move to make a move? Kind of. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Sometimes that's what you need at the trade deadline. At least as a fan. And I mean, listen, what we say, obviously, is not going to be the end all be all with the team and the moves, the hater moves still could turn out good. I accept that as reality. Taylor Rogers could be great this Mm -hmm. season. Denilson Lamette can somehow find form he had two years ago before the injuries. Both of the prospects could turn out. I think those are long shots, but it could happen. But it's as a fan, when you get behind a baseball team and put all your effort in to watch the games, to go to the games, to have them consistently, and I guess last year, right, they get Eduardo Escobar. They make some moves, but the deadline moves were made earlier in the year with Adamas. But as all of followers of this baseball team, to put everything that you already have into it, and then for them just to say, yeah, you know, we want to find a way to limp into the playoffs year after year after year, and hopefully get lucky one time instead of it's not even maybe the on field stuff about it. It's the act of bringing somebody in uh, invigorating a clubhouse and sending a message to your fans that you care because I do get the sense right now and they could say all they want about wanting to prolong the window and all that stuff. I kind of get the sense with this team this year, they, the front office, the people upstairs, they don't care about winning. And I don't know if that's unfair to say, but that's the feeling I get right now. I don't think it's unfair to make that jump. I mean, they got rid of, okay, look at this way with the hater trade. It's one thing to trade your closer. Lots of teams are middling and they have a reliever who's having a great year and they capitalize on that by trading him, right? Like, I don't know, the Marlins, for example, they have one reliever who's having a great year. He's their closer. So they trade him. They capitalize. That's not what this was. Hater wasn't just this great closer and and this this high level asset. He had been a franchise cornerstone since like 2017. Like I, when a team does this and when a team trades a guy away like that, it's more than giving up a good player. It's part of the fabric of their team. It's part of their identity. That sucks. And we've talked about this on Bill's show throughout the summer. I just think it's really terrible karma. If they traded Brandon Woodruff, I'd feel the same way. A guy who's been there forever. Even if you're trading him from a position of depth and you think you're coming out a wash on the other side. Like, I'm sure David Stearns maybe believes their bullpen is just about the same right now. But you you sell a little bit of your soul when you trade away Hater, and the players in the locker room feel that. Yeah, and you know who eats up that soul are the baseball gods. You go to San Diego yeah. last night. They win the first game while the deadline was happening by a large margin. They score a lot. And then you go to last night. It was a 2-2 two to two game in the ninth inning. Josh Hader comes in in San Diego Padre garb for the first time. He throws a scoreless ninth with a strikeout. And then in the bottom of the ninth, guess who comes up to hit the walk-off home run? None other than Trent Grisham. So, I mean, if you already wanted to see a non-quantifiable thing, which is the karma that will come from this, it's already started. And it just feels like that's not going to end. And that's the irrational part of fandom. But that just feels like something that's going to persist throughout this year and maybe throughout into the future. Like what happens? And this is something I've thought about since the hater trade. What yeah. happens in that clubhouse when Taylor Rogers blows his first save and he might never do it. Devin Williams yeah. might save every game, which would be great. 
But what happens in the clubhouse if the guy you acquired for Hader that's supposed to be at least 75% of him production-wise, what happens in terms of energy in that clubhouse when Taylor Rogers blows his first save? Because when Hader blows a save, you know the next day he'll get back on the mound and it'll be close to sorted out. There will be a little rough patch, but you still are confident going forward it'll be fine. With Rogers, you can't say that. He's a new guy coming in. I just don't see how this... It can't bring energy to the clubhouse if anything it detracts from it. No. I feel like I'm being pranked. I feel like Bruce fans are being pranked. Honestly, <laughs> I texted I texted you that clip of Josh Hader last night. Think about... Yeah, we'll play it. Yeah, yeah. We, and we have the sound and we'll get it. But yesterday we hear David Stearns talk about the deadline and trading away Hader. And then Adam McAlvey puts out that video of Devin Williams who looks depressed, man. I, I can't believe that video exists. I can't believe that's real. I'll play and then that we too. Watch the Brewers lose and the Padres win. And then we get a clip from Josh Hader talking about his new team. And he's saying, well, you know, I, I love it here. They, they want to win a world series, not just make the playoffs. And I'm, I'm sitting at home last night. I'm like, come on, there's no way this is real. This is too, Ben, this is too pointed. You work in radio. You get it. There has been a soundbite to accompany every step of the last 48 hours. Yep. It's nuts. It, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that this has played out this way. I feel like I'm being pranked. So we're going to hear the Josh Hader thing when we come yeah. back and we'll get to the rest of the clubhouse reaction to the Hader move and to the big moves. David Stearns, uh, Brandon Woodruff, Craig Council, and Devin Williams, as you mentioned. I Both sides, Ben, is going to come out a little bit here. I do find a little bit of irony in some of the things Hader said. And we'll get into that in terms of wanting to win and wanting to, you know, do everything for the World Series. Yeah. That is a guy that has only pitched in save situations and only in the ninth inning and only for one inning in the last couple of years. So when it goes to, you know, going all in to win necessarily, a little bit of irony there. But the real meaning behind it is the San Diego Padres just went ballistic all in to try to win. The Brewers probably took a step or two backwards. And that's the reality that we're living in. Could they still go and do it? Absolutely. But it's one of those days as a fan of the sport, you kind of feel hopeless in a way, small market, big market, big moves, small moves, all that stuff, but a detraction from the team. And it doesn't feel great going forward. 877-867-1670. Big day of reaction. Your thoughts on the deadline. Everything that has happened. When we come back, we're talking about the other moves that were made. The other trades uh, the Brewers got through before the deadline hit. And about the hater thing specifically. Because something else is bugging me about the move and about the reaction to it. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels today. It's a sad Wednesday. But we're back after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The atmosphere here is they want to win and, and you know, not just go to the playoffs, but win a World Series. And, and like I said, that's a, a contagious atmosphere to be a part of. And, um, you know, obviously the moves that AJ and, and the front office has put together, it's, uh, it's exciting. And, you know, that's the. That's the mentality that, that they're perceiving out here. And as players, that's that's what you want. So, um, you know, to be a part of that group and to be a part of a, a trade to come here, it's, uh, it's, it's special. Well, there's Josh Hader, San Diego Padre closer. Josh Hader uh, talking about the Padres going all in. 
They make arguably the biggest move in MLB history, trading for Juan Soto. They also get Josh Bell. They also get Brandon Drury. They also trade for Hayter. They are locked in to try to make a run this postseason. The Brewers, meanwhile, well, they trade away Hayter. They get back a bunch of guys in return. We'll touch on them. They trade for Trevor Rosenthal. Remember him? Uh, for Tristan Peters, the Brewers' former number 19 ranked prospect. Trevor Rosenthal has not pitched since 2020. He was signed by the San Francisco Giants a couple weeks ago. I mean, whatever. I'm fine with that move, Grant. It's it's one of those things where it could work out. If it doesn't, it's not like it's taking that much away from the team. The Brewers also trade for Matt Bush, which actually is the one move I really like. The shame is it can't be the headliner or it can't be the biggest addition you make. Yeah. A guy like that. So, I mean, that's where we stand. No second base help. No center field help. They still have three catchers, two of whom played last night, and one of them didn't get the job done when the bases were loaded. I, it's, it's just a, I don't know how to describe today, Grant. I mean, I'm pissed off. It's just one of those deals. I, it's hard to get behind this team when they send you the message that they just sent at the deadline. Well, they want as many bites of the apple as possible. They, oh, dude, they put God. that in a press release. That's so they put stupid. that in a statement and released it. You know, I can't believe that that's the thing. It's really hard to take big bites of apples when you don't have front teeth. And when you trade away your great players, you know, imagine oh. biting an apple without any teeth. I thought that was a comment on how a lot of Wisconsin folk look. Uh, I'm, no, I'm no, glad. no. No, it's a metaphor for the fact it's harder. It's harder to take big bites when you don't have big time players there. Yeah. And you're handcuffing yourself. I'm going to say this often, but like, I get it. Taylor Rogers could be okay. That's the action. Plus we talked for so long that these pitchers only have a certain amount of time in this system before the Brewers elect to not pay them, which will happen, right? How are they yep. how are they going to tell the fan base this move will happen but then in 2 years when you get to the same uh situation with Woodruff and with Burns mm-hmm. how are they going to sell to the fan base that they're not going to do the exact same thing and say oh but we're prolonging our window I mean you could argue that I, the window right now might not really exist Yeah and that might be unfair say, to say They say they're prolonging their window we're just we're getting more of the same you know for Brewers fans today that are looking at everything and thinking, well, the major league team is about the same and the prospects and the minor league system actually maybe got a little better. Okay. But that doesn't mean anything because in two years, we're going to do the same thing. Like we're not getting any closer to the goal. We're just treading water, but we're treading water in a place that's never going to get us anywhere. So we added prospects, but that doesn't mean in a year or two, we're going to be in a better spot. Because in a year or two, they're just going to trade the next batch of guys who are about to get expensive. Yep. 877-867-1670. We want to hear from you today. Where are you at with this team, with this franchise, with the deadline, all of that? Let's go to line one. You're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Z and the D. Hello, Z. Good morning. Good morning. So, yeah, uh, this trade, um, everything, this kind of reminds me of a Bismarck song. Where the Brewers, they say they're just when you you know you have that girl, but you say he's got another person on the side, and you say he's just a friend, and you're like, come on, man, really, just a friend? And you say he's just a friend. It's a good song. Keep, good song. They keep hurting you, but you keep wanting to go back to them because you, you that's your first love, and you're, you you think that more maybe more your 
not just a friend, maybe you're more, but then you just say it's just a friend. So that's Z, everything. Z, you know what they don't do is they don't ever show commitment. They don't. They're they always don't. talking about the future. Maybe I'll commit in two years. Maybe I'll commit in three years. Then they don't do it. They, they show little commitments, like when they sell it. Sign Yelich or Braun. Yeah, they'll Thank buy you me. baseball tickets. They'll buy you new golf clubs, but that's not real commitment, you know? New City yeah. Connect jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only commitment that they've held on to the longest is their 1982 team. It's every year. Who lost, by the way? Who lost? Blew Who a 3 2 lead. <laughs> they, uh, that's the only commitment that they show. So as I go through the trade, the Josh Hader trade, I thought I've said this for the next last two days. I see it as a C plus, uh, B minus maybe. Um, I didn't think I didn't understand why again Dylan Dylan lament because you already have four solid pitchers. You know he's thirty years old. Maybe he has a little turnaround here and there, but honestly, I just don't see it. Um, Taylor Rogers, yeah, it's a left-handed guy. Um, yeah, he's shown some promise for a little bit this year, but. He's. I don't see him as the closer. It goes Devin Williams. I see Rodgers or Boxberger in the seventh or eighth, one of those two, which is fine. But uh, the Matt Bush one, I do like. Only situation I have with him is his past, being having his issues with alcoholism and being in Wisconsin, maybe. No, he's. I. I don't know. I'll push back there. If I followed his story closely, it's a terrific story of redemption. I guess he had gone through a lot in his life and definitely since he's come back to the big leagues, I think he first broke through in the big leagues in 2016 after years and years in the minors. I, I mean, that's a guy that is the poster and, child and for second chances that. and redemption. So I'll push back there. Okay. Uh, the Rosenthal thing, <laughs> you had a chance to possibly bring him in three weeks ago, a month ago, possibly, and you didn't do it. And then he signs on the team. Then you make a trade for him. I mean, don't understand that. I mean, you have the option to do that. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, you look at the minor league players, they got a return. They got a pitcher in return and Gosser. They, uh, back of rotation guy, I've been reading up on him. Solid lefty. And then you got a guy that can steal a lot of bases. Okay, defensively, hits for like a 260 average maybe. Has a little bit of pop in his bat. So, that's like a two-year away guy. But when you throw them into the mix of all the minors that we have, minor league players we have, we already have three or four solid outfielders waiting in the wings. So I guess you're just pumping up that outfield. Maybe you will trade one of those guys away. I'm hoping, you know, but a lot of those guys that they have in the minor league system that are outfielders, I like. You like Trio. I like Weimer. Oh, they have they, they have a terrific bevy of outfielders, and I we got to hit a break. Z appreciate it. Um, I I mean. He kind of said it, Grant. It's like, yeah, fine. A back of the rotation guy, the seventh and eighth inning. Yeah, they're fine. But that's yeah. that's the whole problem with this is that when haters in the ninth and Williams is in the eighth and you have all the other guys in the middle innings, you feel great about the bullpen. Now you can sit here today and say, yeah, I guess it could be as good as it was. But that's no confidence to build on his analogy. We're friend zoned. We're as close as we're ever going to get. And we convince ourselves, you know, maybe if this happens, you know, one day we'll break through and we're just not, we're not, we're friend zoned by our own team and we're stuck at arm's length from the goal. They're just holding us in this convenient spot where we're going to keep, keep nibbling. We're going to keep coming, 
because we think there's a chance we're going to keep buying tickets and they're going to put a grill on a jersey sleeve and we'll eat that up. <laughs> but we're never going to get all the way. Yep. We're friend zone. Ugh, it sucks. 877-867-1670. We're talking about this throughout today. When we come back, continuing to react to what happened or what didn't happen during the trade deadline for the Milwaukee Brewers, we will hear from Craig Council, from Devin Williams, from Brandon Woodruff on their reaction to the trade of Josh Hader. And then I'll get more into what this team now looks like, uh, really what these new players can bring and whether there should be any confidence in where this team can go this season. I want to hear from you, though, 877-867-1670. It's a reaction day. It's not a very positive one, at least where I'm sitting. But I can be convinced if there are some glass 60% full people out there, I want to hear from you coming up later. Again, when we come back, you're hearing from the Brewers Clubhouse after the Hater deal and more. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Grant Bills will be back along in about 10 minutes. Had to go run and do some things. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. I'm on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny. Can go there as well. Your reaction to the deadline. Josh Hader is a San Diego Padre. The Brewers get right uh, relief pitcher Taylor Rogers. Starting pitcher Denilson Lamette. And then prospect pitcher Robert Gosser and outfielder Esteri Ruiz. The Brewers also make moves to get relief pitcher Trevor Rosenthal from San Francisco for Tristan Peters, a guy that was there, the Brewers, that is number 19 prospect. Meanwhile, they also trade for Matt Bush for two prospects, Marth Mathias and Anton Kelly. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's tough today. It's tough to really get behind these moves and what they did, really the lack of what they did and get excited about where this team can go. Can they still go achieve great things because the offense gets hot and the pitching's good? Absolutely. But it's really hard when they send a message to the fans and to the clubhouse of, you know, we're fine with where we're at. We're actually going to try to build for the future and get rid of some of the top guys. So it's a tough spot today. I want to hear from you, though. 877-867-1670. There are a couple things in general with these trades that I have a little bit of a problem with. I I feel like we're trying to talk ourselves into the return on hater more than maybe we need to, right? Because, like, let's say the Brewers had just gone out and gotten Taylor Rogers. We would be happy with it. He's a pretty effective relief pitcher. He does have a 4-3 ERA this season. But his FIP, something that might show you where the ERA can trend, is a little lower. It's at 2.3. So, yeah, he's a guy that can fit in well. I'm fine with Taylor Rogers, But this denilson Lamet thing, I don't really get. He's a guy that had a terrific 2020 season. He was in the Cy Young uh, running, I guess. But he's a career 4-5 guy. He has a 9.5 ERA this season. His whip is above 2. So if you thought Jason Alexander and Chichi Gonzalez and the spot starters that came in and had whips around one, seven, one, eight, Denilson Lamets is above two. So that's a point where, I mean, not only is he not keeping runs off the board, he also is not keeping guys off the bases at all. 
I, I can't sit here and say it's really a luck thing. He's getting rocked. And you look at him. He was good in 2020. Trevor Rosenthal, meanwhile, hasn't pitched since 2020. And that's there's not really risk involved with that move. But still, Rosenthal and Lamette, the last time they were pitching and or pitching effectively, everyone makes all these jokes about Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin quarterback, how long he's been in school. I mean, last time they were good was before Graham Mertz ever started a game. So that's a little perspective as to how long you have to go back to see when these guys were really effective. I can't talk myself into Denilson Lamette doing a lot for this baseball team. And then the prospects, I mean, it's like, who cares at this point? I get it. You want to bolster the farm system, but I, it can only go so far towards winning games for you. You have the pitching staff. Now you have at least somewhat of a lineup now that maybe needed a couple more pieces in center field and second base. So it's tough to see what happened yesterday and in the last couple of days and really buy into where this team can go. But that's where I'm at. And part of this is the instant reaction to the lack of movement. If they keep winning, I mean, some of this can change. But where I sit today, I feel like when they get to the playoffs, whether it's the Phillies or the Cardinals or whoever is in that sixth spot, where I sit today, and that's if the Cardinals don't catch the Brewers in the division, by the way, but where I sit it, it almost feels certain that the Brewers are going to face the Cardinals and face Jose Quintana, who they traded for, and he's going to shut him down. Or they're going to go face the Padres and they're going to get rocked, you know, by Josh Bell, a guy the Padres traded for, Brandon Drury, a guy they traded for, and then Josh Hader comes in in the last inning. It's just how it feels like it's trending right now. And that's not a good thing. Um, again, time can change it, but where I sit today, not great. Not great with this baseball team. 877-867-1670 if you want to get a hold of the program, your reaction. I kind of want to hear from people out there if there are any that are glass half full, maybe glass three quarters of the way full about this whole deal. Cause I like, I could be talked into feeling better. I just, the messaging is I pretty much telling the fans and telling the followers of the team that they don't care about winning. And that's tough to see. Um, I wanted to get into inside the clubhouse and inside the locker room, because maybe this will show you more about how guys in there feel the Devin Williams bit that was posted by Adam McAlvey is really interesting. It's about two minutes. This is a guy obviously been in the bullpen with Hader for years, been the eighth inning guy while Hader's been the ninth. His reaction to the questions and his answers or lack thereof are really interesting. I'll react to it when we come, when I finish it. But here is that exchange with Devin Williams in the clubhouse yesterday with Brewers reporters. Devin, just sort of, what was your reaction when this came down yesterday? I, I don't really have a lot to say, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know. Is that just because it's part of the business? And, uh, surprise or? Yeah, I was surprised. Devin, can you talk about just what Josh, you know, meant to this team and, you know, the bullpen and just, you know, you guys and how closely you guys have worked together the last couple of seasons? Um... Yeah, I mean, he was a huge, huge part of our success, you know. Um, having him in the ninth inning, just getting the ball to him, um, it's pretty much a sure thing most of the time, um, you know. But 
was good to, you know, like learn from him and have him to kind of feed off of. Um, you know, I picked up a lot of things from him over the past couple years. So, you know, having that guy there was really big for me. What did you learn most from him? Was this kind of the day-to-day preparation, you know, and just kind of taking little tidbits from his routine and making it part of mine? Um, you know, things like that. Do you have any expectations for how that ninth inning will shake out now? Do you expect to be the guy? I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Tough business sometimes, huh? You could say that. Um, a lot of things that don't really make sense, you know? Um, I don't know. I want to. That's really the biggest thing to me. I, I don't really have much to say about it. There it is. That was Devin Williams in the locker room yesterday after Hader got traded. Kind of weird vibes from it generally. I mean, doesn't want to talk about it a lot, but still, you listen to that answer at the end. He was asked, or uh, Adam McCalvey said, tough business, huh? And Williams, I believe his exact words were, you could say that, and he paused for a little bit, then said, you know, uh, some stuff doesn't make sense, and I want to win. Like, where we sit today, he is going to step in and likely be the everyday closer. But I think he definitely knows in that bullpen, looking at it now compared to what it was, where he was the eighth inning guy going into Hater, he knows there isn't as much of a sure thing in that bullpen. And I think everybody on the outside can agree that the Brewers are not in a better spot, bullpen-wise, roster-wise, than they were before these moves. If everything works out perfectly... I could see it maybe equaling each other and maybe being a net neutral, if you will, in terms of the guys into the bullpen and the guys out. But in terms of the messaging to the clubhouse, I what does that tell your players when you trade one of your stars in the middle of the season? Because in the future, you're not going to want to pay him. This just seems like something to me with Hater, at least. If you're going to trade him, do it in the offseason. Don't do it when you're in the middle of a division race, when you're in the middle of trying to actually go win a World Series. Do it in the offseason where you have time leading up to the year when, you know, you haven't already gone through a lot as a team and are now, I I mean, seven of nine since the All-Star break and then you make that move. It's curious. And the Devin Williams whole bit there in the locker room was interesting. The last one I want to play here, Brandon Woodruff was also asked, uh, the first question you'll hear from Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Great question. And then here's what Woodruff had to say. Team side of it and, yeah. and, and moving yeah. on and all that stuff. Is, is there any frustration that comes with being a first place team? And, you know, you got you got pieces back as well. But, yeah. you know, you, you just traded Josh Hader as a first place team. Yeah, I think when people look at that, that's what they, they think. Like, you know, everybody can kind of point fingers and get mad. But that's not, I think... You, you kind of take a step back. You look at look at the trade. Look at kind of what's going on with it. Um, I'm looking at it as you know, you lose a, a good friend, a teammate, um, but then you see that side of it, and sometimes that's the hard side, right? Um, that's that's the tough side. And um, no, nobody's you know we're not going and and bashing each other out. With you know that's just I think that's what makes us good too, right? So. I think collectively as a clubhouse, we, we have to 
we come together, we pull for each other, we, we, we try to do the little things and have fun, and I think that's what makes us good, and uh, we'll continue to do that. So. That's Brandon Woodruff. That's the exchange with reporters. Uh, we're going to step away here, take a quick break. We could take your calls coming up next. We're reacting to what has gone on for the Brewers at this trade deadline and a question leading into break that will answer. Yet you heard what Woodruff said when he said y- you see the part of it of, you know, you lose a friend and a teammate, but then you see that side of it. And I think what he was referring to is the money thing in terms of the Brewers not necessarily wanting to pay him or knowing that in the future they wouldn't be able to, so they trade him now. I think this does raise a question of, I mean, so if you're a star or if you're a younger player, why do you have confidence right now that the Brewers will give you a big deal down the road? Or are you just going to go into this situation thinking, you know, they might just deal me at one deadline before my money comes due? Because I don't really think that's a great place to be as an organization. 877-867-1670. We'll talk about that and more coming up next. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's really important because I'll have to set myself at a standard to make sure that Aaron has enough trust in me, guards of me being a rookie. Not even just me, but again, it, just, it takes the entire receiver room. What's important is that we got to focus on the now. Dobbs also made a diving catch in the end zone on a 35-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Jordan Love. I think he's been playing at a high level, even OKs when he first got here. I know it's tough for rookies trying to learn the offense, learn the system and play. Um, but I think he's been playing at a high level. He's been catching the ball really well and finding ways to get open. So Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Every time you go out there, you've got a, a purpose and intent, and that's the only way you can improve. So everything up to this point matters, and you're constantly evaluating. And certainly, if you see great improvement in certain individuals, you're not going to hold what they did against them early on in camp. But for these guys, every rep, every drill, everything we do out there matters. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. He is Grant Bills, in for Bill today. Trade deadline comes and goes. Brewers make a couple minor bullpen moves, and Hayter gets dealt away. Grant, I have some a semi-significant update. Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel. Will he be joining us later? Uh, When I talked to him this morning, 1230. Okay. And I even even told him, Ben will be calling you. Expect his voice uh, at 1230. Which can be, it can be startling at times to hear my voice. (laughs) Yeah. But he recently tweeted out that the Brewers, uh, they spoke to David Stearns today. The Brewers are targeting late August as a return date for Trevor Rosenthal, who has apparently been pitching pretty well. So there's that. Uh, The Rosenthal Bush thing, whatever. I'm fine with it. The hater thing, I don't get. The lack of any other moves, I don't get. You see center fielders go. Uh, You see David Peralta go. Uh, There were moves there to be made. Ramon Laureano was not traded, but maybe there was a move that could have been made there. It's one of those things, Grant, where, I mean, there could have been a scenario where it just nothing presented itself for Stearns, but I always think back, there is always... A pr- everybody has a price. It it yep. was possible. I think it's an attitude thing that I'm the most mad at. Being content. I was I was watching uh, MLB Network earlier today, which 
since we've been hosting together, you always talk about how that's just the ticket. The show in the morning is great. I, I love MLB Network. So I was watching this morning and they were talking about the Padres and how, yeah, they gave up a ton and they maybe overpaid for all these guys, but they left no doubt, right? They went into yesterday understanding we're going to do what it takes and we're going for this. And I, I don't know if David Stearns and the Brewers have the stomach for that. They, I think they need to feel like they win every trade. We got X value. They got Y value. We're winning where the Padres are like, hey, we got the great player. We're the contender. Whether we won the value of the trade or not is secondary. We got the guy we wanted. Now let's go win some games. The Brewers don't seem to think about it that way. Plus, there's the market thing. Let's talk about money for a second. A lot's always made about how Milwaukee, the Brewers, are the smallest media market in baseball. And they are not going to spend with the big teams out there. The New York, the Boston, the Philly, the L.A., that's accepted. But it's not like San Diego's a big market they're the seventh smaller themselves. Yet when you look at their payroll, and these are a lot of guys on the Padres payroll that are still yet to come due with Soto and maybe Hater if they choose to keep them. $247 million is what they're paying their roster right now. They're on the hook for Machado, Will Myers, Juan Soto, Darvish, Blake Snell, Sean Manaya, Tatis. They just signed Joe Musgrove, Clevenger, Hater, Josh Bell, and more. Meanwhile, the Brewers... 20 whatever to Christian Yelich and then that's about it eight to McCutcheon it's like it's not like the gap between the Brewers and the Padres is that the Padres are not a huge market but they're able to go do this it's a mentality thing will it catch up with them eventually probably but they have great young players right now and they're going and doing it if I'm a Padres fan I feel great I at least know if it doesn't go right during this time frame that the team did all they could and we will be in postseason series in position to win with the yeah. Brewers. Like I, I guess they could, there's a chance they can, but I can also look back, say 10 years from now, look back at this era and say, yeah, they were consistently, you know, good, but they, they never there. made that move to go get over the top. Something very important. I brought this up last night. I want this to be a theme on my show, like a disclaimer. I feel like my expectations for the Brewers are fair. I'm not asking them to go out this offseason and give Aaron Judge a deal. I'm asking them to acquire players that might be expensive for a year or two or three. And then I understand that at some point it needs to even out. Like pay for one more year of arbitration of Josh Hader. That's five million bucks. I think that's very reasonable to want my team to do that and expect my team to do that, even though they're a small market and they don't have the money. That to me is a controlled pay bump. It's for one year. I'm not asking for a 15-year, $500 million deal for Soto. Acquire guys who are cost-controlled, even if they're a little bit more expensive for a window of time, played out, and then obviously at some point the bottom has to drop out. But they can't even do that. Yeah. Trade them. Just trade them during the freaking offseason, man. Yes. And, and get yeah. less. I don't care if you come back with one fewer center field prospect that can hit. Yeah. I'm fine yep. with that. Do it during the offseason. Don't shake it up in the middle of the year when you're in first place. I just yep. don't get it. We have three hours left of this. There's a lot more to get to, a lot more angles to hit on this. You'll hear from Matt LaFleur. You'll hear from Brian Gudikins from Packers Camp coming up in a little bit. Mike Clemens joins us next hour. Kurt Hogue joins us in the 12 o'clock hour. It's a big day. It's not a great day, but it's a big one. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. We're back after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.